Hi. Hi, Em. How are you? Doing well. How are you today? So good. Another podcast. Are you ready to talk about Up All Night? Oh my goodness, yes. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to A Pair of Carrots podcast, giving an unsparing critique of One Direction. I am Kay. And I'm N. In today's episode, Up All Night, we'll be analyzing One Direction's debut album, Up All Night. But before we start, we'd like to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor this week is Headphones. For when you'd like to avoid the rest of the world for a bit, or when you just need a break to immerse yourself in an auditory distraction, Headphones are there for you. So the year is 2011. One Direction has just finished the X Factor UK tour, and it's time for Simon Cowell to prove to the world that there's a reason he's the most annoying yet successful music moguls in the world. From London to Sweden to LA, One Direction spent the first half of 2011 recording the album that Sivan Kocheka leading most of the songwriting effort and a few other pop hit makers would collaborate in writing. While OT5 held writing credit on only three songs, it's fair to say that their unique collective sound truly made these songs their own and created a solid effort for a debut album by a group of kids who knew next to nothing about making an album. A true effort that really ought to be noted as an explosion. The number of records One Direction broke with this album and its singles was just insane. And I don't think it was simply because they were a manufactured pop dream. I really think it has to do with the fact that the album was just plain good. I mean, I remember buying it mostly for a laugh when I was 19. And I was like so over bubblegum pop. I thought I was above it. But as I was listening to it, like I felt like the ground literally move from under me because I was like, this is so good. And I was really sad because no one else like at my school took them seriously enough to appreciate it with me. But my goodness, what were your thoughts when you first heard this album? So I will say, I think that I heard this album. I didn't hear it in order of it coming out. Like, I think I like was like, oh, okay, that's the album. What makes you beautiful is on. And then I heard like, take me home first, I think, or maybe even midnight memories first. Um, and I feel like when I get back to it, I was like, ooh, this is fun. Like, it was just fun, you know? It was yeah. fun and cute. And, like, I think, like, getting an introduction to them, like, from at a later stage, it was really cute to see them, like, go back and be like, oh, this is, like, where they came from. But I feel like listening to it again, I was like, this is a really good album. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's solid. Mm-hmm. Especially for, for sure. the first album, like, coming from a band that was – form from the X Factor, you know? Absolutely. And I think we'll talk about it deeper as we go in depth with more songs. But I think as I was listening listening to it again today, I kind of, you kind of see how, similarly that we were talking about Louis last week, you kind of see how they were trying to figure out what their sound was. And you saw the songs that were totally hits, songs that were misses. And then I think it was really interesting also understanding how they were navigating who was the most talented versus who was the most charismatic and how they were going to work around like centering who they wanted to be their quote unquote lead. Right. Um, Because essentially if you think about this album, this was Liam Payne featuring one direction. (laughs) Um, But I mean, he actually held it down and it was insane. Right. Right. 
And I think it is really interesting knowing like the way that One Direction operated, at least as they like said they did, right? Is they did like the five of them didn't seem to want to lead, right? Like they were like, no, we are all equals in this band. We're all here. Like we all contribute to this band, right? Um, I think it's, so I think it's really interesting to look back at this album and then like one, see how much Liam Payne held it down, but also how, I mean, Liam, Zane and Harry were the only ones who really got to sing on this album. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and you get like these moments of Niall and Louie, but like, this is just like Liam Payne writing an album and featuring Zane and Harry. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And I, um, uh, I think it also has a lot to do with the fact that Savan was one of their vocal coaches on the X Factor. And I'm pretty sure this, considering how he arranged the music on the X Factor, it was like this exact same like pattern of Liam does, Liam sings intro, Harry sings chorus, Zane does everything um and so i think it's really i think i'm sure this is i'm sure savan like being one of the head writers on the album was like okay this is how they know how to work already let's build it from here right i feel like too there's probably a part like my understanding of why they why liam started songs um why he at least started to start songs in their beginning was that he was the one who was best at finding a pitch so like (laughs) really like honestly i mean that he was the he was he was like the best at like because I remember, I think in, in their first song they did together, I remember, like, on the X Factor videos, Zane had a really hard time with timing and finding, like, where he was. And, of course, when you start Zane off, like, he's, it's beautiful, right? Like, Zane is, clearly has grown so much as a musician from, like, the X Factor, right? Um, but Liam, like, automatically had that kind of just, like, natural ear for, like, where to start a song, um, yeah. which is why they had Liam start songs originally. And I mean, I think while listening to this, I really was like, Simon, you really missed out on an opportunity. I know you made a bigger opportunity, but I think Liam really could have been like a UK pop star. Really? If, he really could have. But, you know, we'll go in, we'll go more in depth with these songs. Um, enough of our raving. Um, I think there is. Uh, so we're going to basically just go through the song list. Sorry if you've never heard this album before, but that's just what we're going to do. And then we'll share our top three favorite um, songs on the album. I highly recommend, too, since we don't have, like, musical rights to send you copyright, I highly recommend that, like, you go through this album because One Direction, like we've said, has no skips. It has some misses, but no skips, you know? Absolutely. It's actually really, really worth your time. All right. right. Should we start with um, Beautiful? If you just start with You Beautiful. Yes. So, I mean, it's just, this is, this was my intro song to One Direction. And then like, I think I talked about in the first episode that I like kind of just went away and was like, oh, I'll never see them again. Um, and then was just like, but that was really cute. Um, One Direction is just so beautiful. I, I do think it does need to be said though, that I think it's hilarious that One Direction's first words, like as a band, um, outside <laughs> of the were you're in. <laughs> <laughs> right out the gate. Like, Thanks. Thanks, Liam Payne. Thank you. <laughs> I never thought of it. <laughs> it's like, we're a boy band. Let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> so let's just start with the obvious. You're insecure. Um, but I think that, like, as much as the lyrics are kind of confusing, like, really, when you break it down, but, like, most songs' lyrics are, especially pop songs, right? It's just cute. It is, like, a cute way, I think, for, like, to like introduce them to the world, right? Um, and all Absolutely. I thought also like added with the music video, like 
just the cutest thing I've ever seen. John Urbino really knew how to color, like color correct them. Mm-hmm. It was just so well done. And I think um, what like where this song was just so fun is that like, I think this is where Harry Styles was like, the strongest vocally ever. I think his voice was so rich here. And I was like, oh, wow, I swoon. Um, and in the music video, I mean, it was just like so, I mean, the music video was just so cute. And I really hope those girls like have kept pictures and mementos. I don't know how they survived. But yeah, I agree. What makes you beautiful? A real banger. Um, I understand why they made it like their first single, but I think, I honestly think, I think it's, well, um, we'll talk about why I think it should not have been the first leading single, but uh, alas, alas, good song all around. Great. All right. And yeah, true. Such a great music video, too. Just, you're right. I think, I, I mean, we'll talk about it. I disagree about Harry, but, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> um, all right. So the next one has got to be you. Um, yes. And so for me, Harry and those nice and subtle notes, like, I don't think he could do it anymore. I really don't think he could do it. Like, I think that, like, when you see, like, live tours, I feel like, I don't know when they pulled the song. I haven't done that research, but... I don't know if he could keep up with it as he got older and his voice changed. Um, But, like, what a good use of, like, this kid. And, like, I think it's some of his best high note work um, on the album. It's just really nice and pretty, you know? For sure. Um, I think, I wrote that I think this song is kind of what, um, like, proved that, like, they could actually do what boy bands had not done before. Because I think that lesser boy bands would have, like, been decimated by this song i think that they could have made it too cheesy too auto-tuned too blah 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 but like here they were coming in str- I, I really think the song could have defeated them and it didn't they rose to the occasion that's that's very fair that's very fair i, I but do have also to say, poor nylon louis <laughs> always poor nylon louis um i will say too that the random orchestra like that i don't think comes back i don't feel like it comes back again it's just kind of random because you're like Oh, we're pulling in a full orchestra. Okay. Oh, it's just gone. Um, I do yeah, but what, what you're not understanding is that they've had a music video, which is about being preppy and going to a really preppy college. Okay. So the orchestra fit. I mean, yes. I love that the music video made absolutely no sense. Um, and it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, let's put these boys in sweaters and make them look really concerned. Absolutely. For sure. Um, but also once again, God bless Caroline Watson and Lou Teasdale for doing everything they did for that music video, despite it making zero sense, but wow, just yes. cute. Next yes. song, um, one oh, thing. Can what? I just throw oh. in one thing too. I just feel like they're back to back and just like that they gave Liam that really weird line about a mess I made upon your innocence. Poor Liam has had two lines back to back. Why? Why? That are just, <laughs> I know. It's beautiful. He sings them so well, Um. <laughs> Beautifully done vocally, but also poor. Terrible, you know? terrible lyrics, for sure. All, All right. right. One what thing. I One think thing. should have been their lead single, because this is a song that introduced me to One Direction. I think it was the cutest song, the cutest music video, the best, like, combination of, like, pop slash, like, rock slash, like, R&B. I mean, like, Louie and Zay, like, Louie and Niall finally getting solos. I just, I'm, like... I can't. The, the lyric, get out of, I swear, when I heard the lyric, get out of my head and fall into my arms instead, I actually had to pause. It I just, like, I, I think I hadn't heard cheesy song lyrics in so long that I was like, I need more of this in my life. This is everything I've ever wanted to hear, ever, at 19. I Yeah, I do feel like, too, 
and as much as the song is this whole album is a collection of cheesy song lyrics that's a really good one you know like it just it works it's cheesy, it really does it works in ways that like there's some missed lines on here that one's so good and I think it is I think I agree that like the, the music video is just so cute um I kind of feel like I do think that I was glad that I like got the introduction to what makes you beautiful and then they're like it felt like they were trying to figure out who they were and they're like okay now we can like show more of these boys because like what makes you beautiful so cute and wonderful and also feels so different than any other music video they ever did right um and and it just was also a pop bop right it was like in terms of just like a summer single like that's what you should do right right but I feel like one thing is like okay this isn't just this isn't just like one song and like they're going to like you know release some singles mm-hmm. that no one cares about they're like no this is solid and we're here to stay like that's oh, for like sure a, not just a summer song like because what makes you beautiful was everywhere right like you could not escape yeah. it um for multiple years right i mean like i think there's still moments where you just can't escape it like i think that like not even just because you know one direction has had like a cultural moment with their 10 reunion um or t- excuse me 10 year anniversary um but i feel like I, I feel like it's one of those songs that will just get constantly played for for all time, you know? For sure. And I think it, like, it aged... I think, speaking of One Direction's, like, 10-year, like, anniversary, and also this song, I mean, the fact that, like, two years after not winning the X Factor, they were at the Olympics, the same night the, the Spice Girls reunited, and it's, like, you know, sometimes the Olympics, like, really just gives in to, like, pop culture phenomenons of the moment and doesn't really age well. It aged really well. Well, and I will say, too, that, like, I think having having being the like london olympics and having so many like british bands you could pull on it does yeah i do think it's like i think that's i think it was really really cool the people really saw it and then speaking of like what people saw i think that's why the next song more than this i like i think it's the song that simon cowell literally was like i have done it right like boasting to the world that he like really had found the x-factor so he's like to all of you who thought i was a hater listen to the song and tell me that I have found like I found um fake artists like these are real artists because like I mean it's cheesy and ridiculous but it's so good yes yes I think too I really do appreciate that this is one of the songs that they sang a decent amount live because Mm -hmm. I think in listening into production and a lot on this album it felt like they were overproducing it in some ways for sure there was too much Um, auto-tune way too much auto-tune and like too much like some really nice backing vocals, but it seemed like they were, they left anything these boys recorded in into the harmonies, which sometimes it worked. And sometimes I was like, oh, you know, like, I feel like I heard, I, and like listening to that, I was like, oh, Niall, Niall, I can hear Niall a lot more and more than this than I ever yeah. thought. Um, but I feel like he gets buried in all these other layers of vocals. Um, and, you know, but like, you're so right. I think that like Simon Cow is like, this is a great, this is, they are talented, right? Like these aren't just like boys I'm, producing like here they can sing and I think Um, your your point about them singing live I mean I remember just being so shocked to like think that like to hear that like what you heard in the album is really what you heard them on stage I mean obviously like watching through YouTube videos but like yes it was exactly that so like while it was like while the album was overproduced clearly like they had the skills to do exactly what they needed to do on stage if not more if not better Mm -hmm. and I do think this is more than this is one of those songs that like I would don't think I would think it was so good if I hadn't heard that they could do this live and they could like cut down some of those like production nonsense and just sing it, you know? For sure. So good. All right. Should we move on to the title track? Yes. 
Up All Night. What did you think about Up All Night? Um, I remember thinking, I remember I was in the, I was in my college library, uh, not studying for my philosophy uh, paper um, when this song came on. And I just remember like actually dancing and I was like, what is happening? I'm not understanding. How did they create this bop? I really liked it. I see how it's like an, al- it's very much an album track, but it's just like, it's just, I mean, it's good. I mean, I think, so I'm thinking like they're, they're age 16 to 18 when like they did this album. Mm-hmm. And I can like obviously understanding who like they thought of as like their musical heroes beforehand. I can see how they probably like wait what, but I just really love how fully they gave to the, how much they gave to this album and to these songs. And like up all night is like one of those songs too. Like they could have easily been like really embarrassed, but they're like no no no, we're gonna make this also a really good song. So like watch us work. Right. Yeah. I and I feel like I it's it's so like I feel like. It's so weird because they like have the Katy Perry reference, which really could have dated it, you know, and probably at some point will, you know. Um, and but it, I, I was I feel like I was kind of I feel like sometimes when you like your album title track is one of those songs that you're just like, all right, that's a cute name for an album and like not so great a song. Right. Um, but like I kind of forget that like this is like a good it's got a good beat, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. it does. It's a dancing. The song. bridge. Yes. Oh so my. good. So, so good. I will say that this is a song, I know we just already talked about autotune, but like, I think in like final album thoughts, I feel like they're doing a lot to Harry's voice here. Like Harry did not sound like Harry, but I was like, oh, Mm-mm. that's Harry. But like, why are you trying to not make him sound like Harry? It was very confusing. Very confusing. But I mean, solid, solid tune. It wasn't bad. It just. But he wrote to the occasion during the tour. So that's great. Oh no. And I don't think, I really don't think they needed to do it. Like, I think that he could have made it. Exactly. It just, it, it felt like very strange to me that like the, the choices they made around his voice. And I think I, I want mean, to talk about that like when we go through the album, like once we finish. Oh yeah. At the very end for sure. About like the production choices. Absolutely. Um, so I wish, um, not my favorite song on the album, but I think it's another moment similarly to gotta be you. That could have broken the bit, like could have broken them, but it didn't. They really, really, they continue to write to occasions. They're like, okay, the song is not good, but we are talented enough to make it worthwhile. Worthwhile. Yes, I I wrote that. I love the harmony work on this, and mm-hmm. also, also the bridge. I thought it was Niall for a second, and I was like, no, they don't let Niall sing because Niall, like, I think carried so many low harmonies. But I feel like they used Liam so much for high high harmonies and falsettos like throughout this album but he has this bridge and he has these beautiful low notes and you're like Liam Payne what I know I know in my notes I wrote so 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 good he is so good (laughs) all the love so good okay tell me a lie the Kelly Clarkson song I thought it was really cool to see one one Simon Cowell uh, discovery, write a song for another Simon Cowell discovery. And I think it was really cool because you could definitely hear how this could have been a Kelly Clarkson song that could have been a hit. And once again, I mean, I'm so sorry. I keep just repeating myself. This is why I could never be a critic because I'm not objective. They just wrote to be okay. Like, I'm just, I was just so proud of them. Yes. Like, can you imagine just like, like just your entire life is flipped upside down all you know how to do is sing, but you don't know anything else about like harmony or anything. You don't know anything about recording music, nothing. And then you're just given while you're on tour, you're just told, okay, this is the songs you're going to be singing. By the way, we're traveling everywhere in the world. They goodbye to your families and sing this song. And they did it. Yes. <sighs> yeah. 
And I mean, like, I think it, I think, I think I agree with you. Like, it feels like a song. There's something about like the lyric structure that feels very Kelly around that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially, but it like is a complete one direction song, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. I, can, I can see how you could take it and it's a Kelly Clarkson song, but they really, I mean, I feel like to pull off, to be given these songs by some of these artists at that time too, like Kelly Clarkson had just like written a very good album. Kelly Clarkson has like done, you know, she's like the first American Idol winner, you know, like, I think like Kelly Clarkson career-wise, of course, she's not like the biggest name in music, but she's not no one, right? Mm-hmm. And for them to like be gifted a song by Kelly Clarkson and then to be like, yeah, we're going to sing this and it's going to go on our album. Like that's huge, mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And they did it. You're so right. You're they so did. right. They did. Um, next song is Taken. The start. <gasps> okay. I talked about how it was the start of Emo Harry. <laughs> um, okay. Can I have a moment? Because I need to go off. You get, that's all I had to say. <laughs> okay. So you will call it Emo Harry. There's a thing that One Direction has done to Harry Styles, but I think he, when we talk about Harry's solo career, we can talk about the ways I think he's getting better at this, and you know, or the ways that he's not. I think he's learning to use it differently now. But I think, especially young Harry, and the tune like Gotta Be You, right? Like they're using his falsetto. They're using the fact that like his, he still has the ability to hit those high notes. But something about this song feels like someone should have known that Harry was going to have a lower voice range mm-hmm. and like, or already even did, right? Like he was 17, I guess, at the time of this, but for most of this album. Um, I mean, like even like his speaking voice was never that high in the time we've known Harry Styles, right? Um, which doesn't mean that a singing voice wouldn't be. I think Harry has a decent range. I'm not trying to say that. But I do not understand some of the choices that were made of giving <laughs> these vocal lines. I feel like I could hear him. This is what I call. And like, I don't think he does it all the time. But I call this screaming Harry. Like, where the times where he's like singing full voice. And like, yeah, like, right. Like, that is how you record. But for some reason, I, I don't even, I think they're balancing it. But like. It's just that he sounds like he's straining to hit notes. And mm-hmm. he seems like, especially in his chest voice, right? Like, in God of You, he's going to this nice falsetto. So it's like using his voice well. But like, he's, I can literally hear his voice like straining to get to those notes of this, of this course. And he sounds like, I mean, it gives it a certain tone, I guess. He sounds very desperate. It sounds like very sad, emo, as you would say. Um, but I don't think that's what they were trying to do. It doesn't fit with the rest of it. He doesn't do it all the time. He, they don't do it a whole lot in this early days, I think, because they were trying to make him sound like Zane, whatever. But yeah, this is my introduction to Screaming Harry. Um, I mean, I think your bringing up Zane is on point. I think the fact that Harry's X Factor song was Isn't She Lovely, I can see how they were trying to... I think the UK is really obsessed with white people who can sing like Black people or black artists, I should say, right? Where it's like, you have like your, um, you have, you have obviously you have Adele, you have Amy Winehouse, um, you have like Jess Glynn, like there's a way that their voices are able to just kind of like, not mimic per se, but they're able to like interpret those songs as they were originally meant to be sung. And I can think, I think that's how Harry, I think that's what they were trying to do with Harry's voice. I think there is such a richness to his voice, but I think it's, in a lower, it's supposed to be in a lower register, but can you have a lead, can you have a lead singer who is in the lower register? Yes. I feel like I, yes. Okay. For one thing, I don't think they need to push Harry to be the lead, right? Like I will say that automatically, but I do think that like Harry has these beautiful vocal moments where they let him in this album, especially where they let him sing in that lower register, 
or they use, I think even just like the way that he uses his voice, right? Like the healthier ways that he could be singing higher would be okay. Um, he's obviously not Zane. I think Zane should have sung this chorus. I don't know why they had Harry sing it. Um, True, you're right. But I feel like, I feel like Harry has such, I, I will say too, like to your point in, I mean, and I did watch his audition song earlier today because I was like, when did they start this? Like, I don't remember him. Hmm. I don't remember him like trying to sing that high. And I think that his audition song, he, I mean, he doesn't have that kind of, tone quality what they're trying to do with him right like it's not like he's not a white person who can sound like that right like it was not a bad rendition I think he clearly the kid has talent right has had talent for a while but like he didn't sound like Stevie Wonder you know and I don't think he was no but he did the vibrato thing he when he like isn't she lovely? He like he did something. I'm so I'm so sorry you had to hear that. But he did he like he did like he didn't just sing it straight. He like tried to add like a, a bit of ornament to it. Right. Which I think is actually just where help where Harry's voice is healthier. And <laughs> don't let him do here, right? Like yeah. if they have him sing it straight and like instead when he like has his vibrato, and I think we see it like later in one direction career, it sounds better, right? But like he isn't that isn't a thing that he I think is like yeah, sure, right? I, I get what you're saying. And I also don't think that this is, like, I feel like he couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, in the way that they thought he could. I think that, like, they're using his voice. There's better uses for that in his voice, you know? For sure. And I think especially because he has such a unique tone, right? Like, you hear Harry on the radio, and you're like, that's Harry, you know? And it seems like they were they were trying to, like, they didn't lean into that enough in this album. That's all I'm saying. Or, yes, and we'll we'll talk about it more in future albums. But speaking of, like, interesting Harry verses, where, once again, Liam Payne comes through, uh, I want Harry sang the first verse, which is um, a doozy, and then Liam just makes it better. (laughs) Like, no offense. But I think this is where you get to literally compare Harry Styles and Liam Payne, and you're like, why was it even a question? Why was it a question? I'm so upset for Liam Payne. I'm so upset that people couldn't see that, like, you can just be sweet and, like, have very little personality and still do really well. Because, like, Harry could never. Like, there's also a part where, like, Liam has an acapella piece, right? Yes. Like, when? When? When could he ever? And, like, Zane, I mean, you just don't talk about Zane ever. Because, like, Zane just always kills it. But I just, I think this is where I was just, like, why is it, like, a Harry Styles versus Liam Payne? Like, it's not even a competition. It's not. And it kind of felt to me like they wanted to, because I think there's only, there's only three songs on the whole album. And I mean like deluxe edition, like all the songs are included in any version of Up All Night that Liam Payne does not start. And this is one of them, (laughs) which makes me feel like they were trying to like, okay, we have a formula. We've got Harry. And I know that like, I think that some of their early producers were like, even like maybe Savon has said that Harry wasn't afraid to sing anything, which is why they let him sing some things too, to Harry's credit, that I don't necessarily think it's always Harry's fault that this happened like this. Um, actually, I think that at this point, probably a lot of it was not his fault. But like, you're so right. I don't know why. I feel like they had other options. I am not sure why they've had Harry start the song. I, except for like to escape a formula. And you're so right. Liam, Liam is just continuously carrying it's like the story of this whole album. Quite honestly. Speaking of which, if we may, 
to my favorite song on the album, and I think the song that Liam Payne needs to re-record, okay, it's Everything About You. Quite honestly, I cr- the first time I heard the song, I actually cried. It was just so good. The way Liam Payne, be- I, I just, this song was like, I think it, this album, I was like, I am a real, I'm a Liam girl. <laughs> like, it's just, it was just so good. I can't, I can't. But I mean, th- but I, additionally, though, coming back to Harry Styles, this is where he did really well, right? Because I think it was like on the other side of the world that he comes in singing. That right, like that is where he should be singing. Yes, that yeah. is where he should be singing, and it was so good. You know, also I will say that Harry does a lot of like harmony work in this. Like you can hear a lot of his like background harmonies, and yeah. it's done well. You know, like I yeah. think they used him well here. Um, but yeah, no, Liam, uh, I would love to hear a Liam Payne 2020 cover of this song. Even if acapella. Ooh, yes. Or acoustic. Acoustic would be better. This is also a song that they wrote. This is one of the three songs they wrote, which Mm -hmm. I'm so proud. (laughs) I will also say, as much as I've, like, complained about the production of this album, I think that, like, I believe it's a Zane Harry Louis chorus, and it sounds so well blended. It just sounds so nice. It's just a good song, period. It makes me... And I understand why it wasn't a single, but it makes me sad that it wasn't a single. (laughs) I mean, I feel like there were, I feel like there were a whole lot of songs that were like, I don't know if they were trying for this, but it feels like something that would have been playing if I were to like go to a party, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, I tried to, I tried to have it play at many a college party and people were not here for it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's not that kind of party. I'm like, okay, but it's a bop. So. I mean, I can feel like this, I feel like this could play in a certain playlist, you know, it could slip in. I can understand why, you know. It wasn't mass appeal. I guess, you know, for One Direction, it wasn't mass appeal, you know, for college kids trying to be cool. But the beat, you know, <laughs> is great. And I feel like you That's what I'm saying. It's like, if you're here for music, this is a song. And objectively speaking, it's a good song. True. Um, wow, love that song. <laughs> uh, same Mistakes. Harry, Harry started this, right? Same, um, yes. That's it. Circles, circles. We're going in circles. Dizzy is all it makes us. <laughs> yes. Some great lyrical work right there. Indeed. Um, um, with this song, once again, uh, I feel like I was not, I, I was bored by the song until Liam came in to save it. <laughs> I think that's the theme of every single song. Like Liam could essentially just re- redo all of Up All Night just for fun. Right. By right. himself. And it would be an incredible album. Acoustically. I don't know if it's Liam or Niall because I was convinced it was Niall, but after hearing Liam earlier, I, I like, I don't know anymore, but it has a really fun lower harmony in the chorus. It's like really, mm-hmm. I feel like usually they kind of like blend that out, but you can hear it really well in saying mistakes. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. I will say Liam to me sounded like he got a little bit too much auto tune here. I didn't love it on the album. And the don't look fun. back part. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I, it just felt Perhaps like, it was autotune, but I have no doubt he could sing it. Oh, I'm sure he could sing it. Try me, Em. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not singing it. Sing it. I think I was just kind of like, why did you do that to him? You know, yeah. like, yeah. it just, it felt, it felt to me like noticeable. And what do I know? I don't know much about production. It could just be, it just didn't, it made it sound like they were trying to make him sound less like Liam to me. And yeah, I but that. for sure. And speaking of overproduction, save you tonight. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I will say that this song was, like, I think the song that I was, like, 
Simon Cowell should have just had Liam Payne be in One Direction and be a solo artist because Liam could have done both, quite honestly. Um, because it could have actually been an actual UK like like top 20 song. Um, I also think this is where Zayn learned how to sing love songs from the most spiteful in the most spiteful way ever. Um, which Wait, we will discuss. How, oh, because in um, Icarus Falls, there are these love songs that you're like, oh, this is a love song. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. But Zayn is making you think that it is a love song. And you're like, ooh, okay, cool. Cool, cool. I see. I see. What part, I forget what his part is, but I just remember listening to it being like, oh, this is where you learn how to do this. I see. Okay. Cool. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I will say that, like, I feel like considering we used it last week, I listened to it last week, but I listened to it again for, and I didn't hate it as much as I did. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't hate it last week, but I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, this kind of has a fun beat. And, like, Niall and Louie get to be really heard in the chorus, which is always just really fun for me on this album. They let, like, Niall and Louie kind of fade. Like, Zane is there, because um, I feel like they never really let Louie or Niall sing alone, especially on this album. But, like, Louie gets a solo, and he mm-hmm. has a nice high note that, like, I had to go back and watch them perform it live, because he can't hit, he hits, like, this really nice high note live, and they fade it out on the album. <gasps> and I was like, are you kidding me? Um, disrespect. I know, right? Um, but Louis, Louis does get a little solo here. Um, I will say that, like, the line, I can't be no Superman, but for you, I'll be superhuman, is just, like, it just really, you know, what does that mean? I'm confused. All I'm saying is that if I had heard that song in high school, I would not have passed because I would spent my entire life trying to find them. <laughs> Quite honestly. Fair. Fair. Okay. Still my heart. Um, okay, I love this song. Mm-hmm. I like it. Sounds like Swedish pop made in the lab, but like, like, like you know, like the Swedish pop writers that write like all pop music. It seems like they like got into a lab together and made this hit, but like, I don't hate it at all. Like, it's so fun. Um, and like, and so good. I was, I was another. I okay. Another reason Liam should have been a solo star. Um, no, but this is like, like literally like I would, if I had the ability to contact Liam Payne directly, I would send him a message every day telling him to re-record this song um, today. Cause I think the song is also relevant today in terms of like it, how it sounds. Um, I'm also surprised that like no one has just decided to re-record it as like a cover. I feel like that someone should. Right. I mean, and like, I what a missed opportunity. <laughs> And you know what? Maybe Liam should do it before no one else does, you know? True. I mean, I will say that this is, this song, at this point, it's like a Liam, it's Liam, Liam sings the verses, Harry is screaming, again, this is, <laughs> my only, my only takeaway is that Harry is screaming, like, R.I.P. to 2011 Harry's vocal cords, he is screaming on this chorus, um, and, like, Zane gets this, like, guest star part in the bridge, but this is, like, <laughs> just Liam and Harry, um, and it, it doesn't need to be, I mean... Harry held it down, um, but like Liam could have done this whole song, it would be beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, stand up. I thought this was one of the weakest songs on the album, but I also recognize it as I'm trying to figure out like what they wanted to make One Direction sound like. I think maybe they had seen like what was that one band, um, Big Time Rush, and they're like maybe One Direction can sound like Big Time Rush. <laughs> Let's make them sing this song. Like the 
um, bridge where they where they're yelling, "I'm a thief! I'm a thief!" I could only imagine like how annoyed they must have been to be doing that. Um, but you know, money's cute, so you do what you got to do. You know, I feel like probably at that point too. I I'm not, I have to imagine they were so starstruck that they like probably did it with like pure enthusiasm, like it was like they were hundred percent in because. I mean, either that or they're the best actors in the world because it sounds so enthusiastic. I know. Um, I really do love, um, I will spill a cigar and drive to the stars. That is like, what, what's <laughs> happening? It's just so funny. Um, I think what, it has some like really pretty vocal moments, I guess. And I remember like seeing tour videos of this and they had really silly choreography. It just, Aww. but yeah, it just feels like one of those songs that's like, oh, this is early One Direction and it's cute. Um, but it's, it's just not that great of a song, you know, it just, um, I also really love just on like in tracking like Zayn Malik, um, being better. I really do love at the end where they're like talking, like screaming, I'm a thief. Harry comes in and sings these like lines right afterwards. And then Zayn does it like in the next chorus. And it's like, it's almost sad because like Harry sings it and like, he sounds fine. But then Zayn comes in and you're like, oh, wow. Why didn't you just do it the whole time? <laughs> Poor Harry. Um, but Zayn Malik never disappoints. No. Um, next song was Moments on the Deluxe. This was, so I think stand-up moments in Another World are on the Deluxe edition. Yes. So Moments was by Ed Sheeran, which was super exciting. Because I think this was 20, this is 2011 Ed Sheeran. So he, I think he'd just been like, he'd just broken through the, U- the UK scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really dope that the song probably like introduced him to so many One Direction fans outside of the UK. Yes. But wow. Talk about a tearjerker. I mean, I will say that I did also like, I looked this up and apparently, um, Ed has told some people that he was, Harry was staying at like one of his musicians friend's house and they like didn't have enough songs for this album. And so he gave Harry a CD of like 40 songs that he just had. And he's like, if you want one, use it. Oh my God. Um, and they put moments on there. And like, I mean, such a, I, I feel, I feel like I love moments mm-hmm. and I kind of, I was afraid that I wouldn't age, but I was like, oh no, I really, I really do love this. And I feel like the vocals just sound so pretty on mm-hmm. all of it. Like, I feel like Ed Sheeran was like, I don't, I, I think they got very lucky that like they found an Ed Sheeran song that like honestly doesn't sound too Ed Sheeran to me, especially during that time. I feel mm-hmm. like there's like some things that like Ed does in a lot of his songs that like you can be like, ah, yes, this is Ed Sheeran. Um, but it feels to me like, I don't know how they picked this song, um, but it seems like one of those moments where they like felt like make or break to me, like they could have like destroyed the song, but like it works so well. And they really, really vacation. And Niall got to sing. They all got to sing. I love yeah. Louis. Actually, I love Louis Solo here. Because I think his voice was still pretty high. It was such a... It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another World. I remember... <laughs> um, this was... This song made me feel a lot of things. Number one. The producer of the song did not understand this band. <laughs> they made Sane sing ridiculous parts. <laughs> on autotune they really were like i think someone had told them harry is the lead and they're like okay i guess he's the lead let's force him to sing songs like he can't like things he cannot sing um and i'm just really glad that they were they left the song in the deluxe edition and they never saw they never came back i think what 
kind of funny for me too is I will say that like this can't song came on after moments and I was like what just happened I kind of like I always forget the song sounds like that and I'm like oh okay where did this come from um and yeah I just wish I would I feel like they auto-tuned it so much too because I think also because you're I think you're right like I feel like they're like say Harry has to sing this and poor Harry poor Harry I like it just didn't work and it just doesn't sound they should just let Zane sing it this was like a song that like they should just been like this is the Zane bonus track here yeah for sure for sure I mean and that could have been really cool I mean like if I guess if they had been that kind of band it would have been really cool for them to like give like actually try and like have these each boy like grow in their style and like lead a few songs but alas okay so na 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 um <laughs> I feel like Na 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 is one of those I feel like um, I saw a Niall interview in the past like year or so where he was talking about like One Direction songs and they were like making him try to remember lyrics um, from One Direction days and he like he met it was like one of those where like there's different choruses and he messed it up and they were making fun of him um, he's like no there's like a different chorus and they're like do you have any songs that you hate and he's like Na 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 wasn't good um, but like excuse me Niall I'm so sorry I don't hate it as much as I thought I did. Like, uh-uh, I really, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's silly, but it's, but it has some nice harmonies, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could see how Liam was truly the beloved child of the writers. Um, I think it was a, it was a good preview to take me home. And I think their harmonies were really good. Yeah. Yeah. And Zane was really good. Oh, Z- always, right? Zane is always so good. Yeah. Um, and then I, lastly, I should have kissed you. Um, yeah, I, I was, I feel like I was really excited that we got to hear Louie in the chorus. I, at least I heard Louie. Um, also like, you know, just some fun, some fun beat song, you know, I love that how much dance beat was on this first album. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what I liked, but I should have kissed you. What were your thoughts? Um, I'm just glad that they didn't become a, an autotune band. <laughs> um, and they, once again, Savan was not on this song. Therefore, I'm not going to blame him for anything. And True. just, I'm just really glad that Simon Cowell knew who to pair them with and that this is not the sound that they followed. But, right. alas. And a nice bonus track. Yay. Yes. <sighs> that it was up all night. Um, but I think, like, overall, I... What I think I took away from, like, listening to most songs, not that I've ever made a song before, I can just imagine, though, like, being a writer or producer for one of these songs and having, like, like, the day before your session with this boy band, being like, ugh, I have, like, a session with with another Simon Cowell project. I'm so annoyed. Like, I hope, like, I get a massage after because I'm so over it. And I can just imagine just the, the pure elation and excitement they must have felt, like, just witnessing what these five boys could do right like the, like just like the absolute raw talent of it that like this is their first album and they did this right and I think there's a reason why I was so like reticent to listen to them because I was like oh I've heard like what pop people do I mean like I think of like the Jonas Brothers who had been doing like music for so long and like mm-hmm. even then I was like cringing at what, <laughs> what they were doing yes. but the fact that One Direction could do this so early on with like with nothing they just sang along to radios and like as Liam said they didn't know what harmonies were and melodic and like together they sounded terrible so I can just like imagine like how dope it must have been and also the fact that these producers must have been looking on Zillow for like their dream houses because they're like yeah we're good we're golden we're sorted 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, as much as I, um, I think it is just such a first album kind of thing where they're, you're, you definitely can hear that they're like trying to figure out how to use these boys' voices. And I think imagine too, like where these boys' voices are going to go considering the age they're at um, and what, you know, like, and I think you're so right. Like I'm, I'm sure that they were looking at their houses, but also like, I have to imagine that you're also thinking, I mean, think about all the boy bands of like our lifetime that like have mm-hmm. come and gone. Um, I think that like you have to, I'm sure it was a very careful balance of being like, we have gold here, but also like, well, it's, will it work? Yeah. Um, like how long yeah. will it last? Yeah. Um, and I think my only thing that I think I big takeaways, I think it was really interesting to hear some of the production choices made to like make people sound less, mm-hmm. you know, like, and like, I think like kind of lose their vocal distinctions, which I think in some way was a way to try and make their album sound cohesive when mm-hmm. you weren't really sure how they were going to balance with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, it's, it's telling that the songs were the wish Savan, like Savan Kocheco was like, um, Kotecha, excuse me, was writing. Like you could see that, like that was in terms of production, like that was good. And otherwise I think you had producers who were more unfamiliar with them attempting to like push them into this like boy band like bubble which they just weren't about but I also think it's really cool to see them see that they experimented and like really did challenge them to like to figure out their sound and try try sort of different genres and that it it's just so surprising that it worked in 2011 mm-hmm. like and it's I just also- so weird like there was such it was such a it's such a cynical time in pop music Right. Right. And I think it is interesting too. I mean, we mentioned it before, but just like as another big note, I think it's interesting that a band right off the bat that like, I think is, you know, like was on an X factor tour was put together on the X factor. Right. Um, I think it's really interesting that they got writing credits and I know these are probably like, there are so many writers on there. I am very curious to like what, you know, like what that actually looked like, but I think it's a big deal that, um, they started and like were and somehow at least involved in the writing process for a few of these songs right at the, right at the start. Right. Um, were they like glowing successes? Not all the time, but you know, like, I just think it's important to know. For sure. Um, so before we, uh, go off, um, what were your top three favorite songs on the album? So my top three songs, I'm going with moments. Um, one thing and stole my heart those are my three what are your top three my top three are everything about you mm-hmm. up all night Ooh. and i'm gonna go with tell me a lie oh nice okay yeah. nice yeah there we are i mean songs that can really really <laughs> have you staying up all night <laughs> Speaking of up all night, let's talk about it. Written in 2011 by Savan, Matt Squire, Apple Night could have easily been written and regarded as an album filler, but it was anything but. I genuinely loved this song. I loved it too. Kind of like we talked about earlier. I think it was just mm-hmm. fun, cute, upbeat. I'm so glad that they titled their album this and also mm-hmm. that it like got to be a good, solid track. Absolutely. Join us next week for Perfect.
where we will be discussing One Direction's former and most brilliant stylist, Caroline Watson, and the amazing outfit she put the band in, especially shifting what a boy band ought to look like. Be prepared to hear me yell about Zayn's 2013 Brits ribbon tie. A massive thank you for listening. All the love.